I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my, uh, I think Joe DeSena is my friend. We got along quite well. Um, I had Joe from, he's the co-founder of Spartan Race, Death Race, uh, host of Spartan Up podcast, writer of Spartan Up the book. Originally, they wanted it to be Spartan the F up, F-U-C-K. I think I can swear in here. I swear in here all the time. I don't know why I spelled that. Um, in this conversation, really great. We get into stoicism. We get into his upbringing and kind of like a mafioso meets new age hippie type um, dualistic environment, really interesting, and uh, get into Spartan times, get into uh, generally how to make our lives a little bit harder in order to make our lives better. Really interesting stuff. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's a little clip from the show. Well, so we grew up in, in a neighborhood that was all organized crime. It was uh, where Goodfellas was um, filmed and, and what it was based on. So as you could imagine the craziness, it was the conversations were about jail, concrete, and cannolis. Thank you so much for tuning in to the website. If you feel called to that, it is aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can start the five-day movement challenge, get your movement in order, learn some fundamental principles on um, how to start integrating better movement into all of your life, and also get the show notes for this and the rest of the podcasts. I have a quote. This quote, I actually got this from a message from a listener. Uh, you guys can check her, she's got a thing called Yoga 15, uh, you can check her out on Instagram and all that stuff, um, but she posed kind of like a discussion question with me, which I really love when people do that, and it goes, what was the, the quote that she says, says, um, not sure where the source of this is, but I really like it, we both really like it, uh, I like it now, it's the things we think we're doing right that can hurt us the most, it's the things we think we're doing right that can hurt us the most. Isn't that interesting? How do you know what you don't know? I um, Detribalization is a thing that I think is really fascinating. Um, Joseph Campbell talked about it a lot on the show, but uh, all of us think that we're normal, and uh, in the reality, we're all weird. We all have an accent. You think you don't have an accent. If you think you don't have an accent, it means you haven't traveled. Period. <laughs> we all have an accent. We're all weird. And uh, exploring that, I think, is really important. Um, what else do we got here? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to, oh, not tuning in, but utilizing the Amazon affiliate link, top right-hand sidebar of the podcast page, linetherapy.com slash podcast. Anytime you buy crap on Amazon, please bookmark that. And we get about 7% of that purchase. Um, 
I'm going to Panama tomorrow and be there for about two weeks teaching a thing with Ben Greenfield and uh, several other folks, Joe DiStefano, a thing called Runga. Uh, I'll be posting stuff on Instagram at Align Podcast on the daily, and we're out there going to be breaking down band work using the Align band, going to be doing kettlebell self-care stuff, and uh, surfing, a lot of good stuff. Um, Final little bit of news, I am looking for a personal assistant, I guess you could call it. I'm I'm, I'm not good with, with terms for those types of things, but somebody to help out with various different odds and ends and um, somebody with experience with social media um, even like video work would be really cool and uh, just doing some doing some some background things over here in the align world would be really great so if anybody's in West LA or know somebody in West LA hit us up at info at aligntherapy.com and that would be really great to meet up uh, okay, I think we're go. Here we go. Back to the show with the legend, Mr. Joe DeSena. Chicka chicka boom bow. Align podcast. It just felt like it, there wasn't as much movement there, but it could have just been like right. a funny position. Right. Okay, what were you, so what were you noticing in there? Well, so I was, um, I was in a car accident in 2004. Okay. And um, my hip was ripped out of my, that, that sounds much better, but yeah, that my was, hip was yeah. ripped out of my uh, leg. And, Son um, of a bitch. They had to put it back in. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, but the crazy thing is my right hip, I, I don't even want to say this because I don't want to screw myself up, but yeah. I wish my right hip was the one that that had happened to because that's been my tight hip my whole life. Oh, yeah. So, um, so anyway, is what it is. So what have you been doing to, to rehab or so work So they it? told me, the first doctor I went to said, you're not going to, um, these crazy races you're doing, you're over, you can't, you're not going to run, you're not going to walk. And um, I didn't like that answer, so I went to a second doctor. Same answer, third doctor, same answer, fourth doctor. Dr. Um, Sue at Cornell University Medical Center in New York said, here's the deal, you've got the same injury as... Um, who was that athlete, that baseball, football player, Bo Jackson? Mm. And Bo Jackson had this injury, and he then went, you know, he was a tough guy, like you want to be Joe, and he went out on the field, and he, and he really screwed it up. He had to get hip replacements, and he, basically his whole athletic career was over. He said, but, he goes, if you want to do it again, the whole trick to this thing is blood flow. You've got to get blood flow back to the hip so you don't end up with necrosis. Necrosis kills things, and... and um, as long as you don't do any more damage um, and you do a bunch of things that get blood flow to the hips, there's a good chance. So anyway, I decided um, I would get into Pilates. I would, I would go dive deeper into yoga. I, um, I started swimming more, biking, and I gave up the running for a while. And I did, um, I did 14 Ironman that year. Mm. So, and the only reason I, I'm able to, I'm like, I'm not patting myself on the back or there's people that did a lot more than that. But um, I came out of the other side stronger and better. Than, uh, than when I went in. Yeah. So you so today so right now we're at the AT&T Stadium so people can hear that's like the the random screaming in the background. Apologies for that, but uh, I wonder you're going right now from like race to interview to interview to is there any type of like how do you stay with it? How do you stay present? How do you not get overwhelmed with all that? You know, it's not the race and the interviews that wear me down. You know what wears me down is the, um, and, and this is my own addiction, we all have a little bit of it, is constantly checking the phone <laughs> and the emails. I don't even know why I need to do it, but I'm just like nonstop on it. And, and um, I really can't wait for the day where I just throw the thing away. 
yeah. because I don't, it's not, it's not that there's 10,000 people out here on the course. It's not the obstacle. It's none of that. The interview with you doing a little bit of yoga there was awesome. Yeah. It's the friggin' phone and the emails. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that sometimes with like the, at this point, this day and age, if you just eat organic food, move around a bit and aren't completely obsessed with technology, you're so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I agree. I like agree. the standard is so low right now. Yeah. I, I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah. Is there any other other than other than so what so what do you think the the technology addiction if you if you want to call it that is for you? Um, well, I think I mean I think it's very basic, right? It's it's this idea that um, it's almost like eating sugar. There's yeah. something about um, getting that email. I love to solve problems. I love to be active and busy. So you get that email or that text, and it's just like action. Mm -hmm. And because I thrive on action, right? So I just. If there's a moment where I'm still, I need some action. Yeah. How do I get action? Look at my phone. Check my emails. Who just emailed? What could I like? And yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm not gonna go all Tim Ferriss and I, I, I and I said to Tim, I don't believe in that whole four-hour work week. Thing. Like, there's nobody, including him, that works four hours yeah, a week. Is he. Right. But if I can get the 40 hours, would be nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. 90, 100 hours is the killer. Yeah. Have so. you? So I have these interesting moments of sometimes being alone and I'll have that similar sensation of like, I need to do something, I need to do more, I need to create, I need to, yeah. you know, I'll check my phone, you know, and I see that as me kind of starting to creep up on some type of like, you know, I don't want to say insecurity, but something that's, that I'm like some discomfort with myself, mm. you know, and, and you could potentially look at that as being like, oh, there's something here, you know, let's like, this is a whole nother exploration or another adventure. Yeah, is that as a, as a, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, if you said, Joe, we're going to design the most difficult Spartan race ever for you to do alone, <laughs> it would be you're going to meditate for two hours straight and not move. Yeah. Like that would be, I mean, might as well ask me to run 4,000 miles. <laughs> right. right. It would be much harder. It would be much harder. Yeah. Yeah. So have you tried it? Have you taken a crack? You know, my mother um, would meditate for days on end and fast at the same time. She was like out of her rocker, and <laughs> or directly in her rocker. Or directly in her rocker, but 1970s queen. She was, she was, and so I've just rejected it. Um, I mean, I do the way I meditate. I work out, right? When I put the phone down and I go work out, or I do a run or a hike or whatever, I that's how I do it. Yeah. And and I get into a space and I get to be still in that way but just to sit still is tough for me can we switch our headphones so that they're facing that direction yeah, just yeah, so that it's yeah no 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 we just just wear the same one i'm sure it's not going to make a huge difference but listeners listeners can yeah. can tell whether whether there's any difference there's, there. a, race, there's a race going on there's a race happening yeah. right now dude so the the uh your mom your mom was pretty influential on you from my understanding my mom was um she was way ahead of her time she might as well have been like spock <laughs> star trek she was like way out there 1970s queens what and was oh sorry yeah what is that what was that well, so we grew up in, in a neighborhood that was all organized crime. It was uh, where Goodfellas was um, filmed and, and what it was based on. So as you can imagine the craziness, it was the conversations were about jail, concrete, and ganolis. That was it. She stumbles into a health food store, and she finds a yogi. And for whatever reason, she buys what he's selling. 
and um, she starts doing trips to India. She gets into um, all this spirituality and becomes a vegan and starts teaching yoga. And we've got monks in the living room. And it was, uh, again, this sounds normal. There wasn't even a yoga magazine back then. Like, this, she was far out there. Huh. And how, would that, how did that influence you growing up? Well, I wanted to be, I mean, you're a young kid. And you're seeing people with Cadillacs and suits on and they have power and they're smoking cigars. I want to be that. I don't, I'm not looking right. to wear a robe <laughs> right. and, and have wooden beads around my neck. Like, why would I want to be that guy? Yeah. Right? And, um, <laughs> and so I was, I was rejecting, every, like, it was Fruit Loop City. Mm. Right? And what did that look like? What does rejection look like? That what, what, age, what just, age are we I'm, right now? I'm probably I'm preteens, and uh, every chance I get, my parents get divorced because they've just gone a, two complete different uh, directions, and I want to go hang out with my dad. I want to eat Chinese food. <laughs> I want to be in a Cadillac and, and, and be around tough guys, right? So like, I want to start a business, and um, and she pounds in my head the same way you'd try to turn iron into steel by like heating it, pounding it, and drowning it. Um, she just is relentless for 20 more years. On, and eventually, you know, Whole Foods gets built somewhere in the world, and there's yoga magazines, and it becomes mainstream somewhat. And so I start to accept it. And then it becomes obvious that she was right and my dad was wrong. Mm. Yeah, with, the, with the, the melting of metal analogy, it's like it needs to be soft at some point to and, and, and the more times it goes through that hardening and softening, the more evolved the metal becomes. Exactly. You know, and I think yeah. that's, that quite oftentimes we can become so obsessive with the hardness and we just hard and harder and hardest and harder more. Right. And we're like, oh, there's something kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's you, a good point. Is there, so since, since your, your mother's influence, has that, has that uh, entered into your modern life or do you feel like you're, like where are you at as far as mom, dad? Oh, well, so both, both are dead. Um, but in, I end up on wall street in, um, uh, mid nineties, uh, to mid two thousands. And, um, yeah, it just hits me that, that I'm, I'm ready for, and I start going to Bikram yoga hmm. and I start, um, I start eating healthy and I start accepting that she had it right. Oh, cool. And so, um, yeah, it took a while. It was, yeah. it was a lot of pounding and drowning and heating and cooling of steel. Right? Yeah. yeah. What about the fatherly stuff? Is that, do you feel like that's, is that like the business building and all that? Do you feel like there's a dichotomy of like, I gathered this part from. Oh, hundred percent. My dad was, um, he, he taught me some great things. If, if your goal is to run a business, I mean, it was like everybody you meet, you need to figure out right away what you could do for them how you can service them. Cause his whole thing was, he was a, um, in businesses where he had, he provided services, whether it was trucking or whatever. And so how do I do business with that guy or that organization? Right. And so he, he wired me in such a way that I'm always, um, I just can't, I'm relentless with like starting businesses, having ideas. Um, yeah. and I'm so excited to be, um, stuck here on Spartan because it's purposeful. Yeah, it's not just any random business. It's like we get to measure our profitability and life's changed. And so I got the, the excitement and, and potential economic benefit of this great business. But then I got my mother's side where we're actually changing some lives and doing some good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Before we were recording, we we're talking about we don't really have any type of like coming of age ceremony in our culture. 
you know, and I think that's why we do now. Yeah, here we are. You know, and that's, I think that's a similar thing with like the Wim Hof stuff of like, yeah. you know, I went through all this trauma and then I just went to deep in the cold and the dark. And, right. you know, it's like having that. We just don't have hard things in our life. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that I have a feeling that that's maybe I was thinking about this on the way here. But that's like kind of like a root of overeating. Maybe that's a root of over cell phoning. But in your case, maybe there'd be some contradiction there because you're saying you're still I'm still doing it. Yeah. I don't know. I am. Um... Listen, I, it, it, at a very simplistic level, if you and I were doing this podcast on a cup and string in the 1850s, um, the conversation would be about, we need more couches. We need indoor plumbing, <laughs> right? <laughs> we need to have temperature, climate control, um, thermostats. Um, because if we had those things, people would not be dying as young as they are, right? Like, and so, but the pendulum swung too far. Yeah. Now you've got all these creature comforts. We live a really, really simple life. It makes sense uh, that we got here coming from where we came from, but um, that just means a lot of psychologists and a lot of drugs and a lot of things that um, we don't need mm. because um, when you have it too easy, right, when, and there's no stress, um, you get in your own head and, and then you're behind enemy lines <laughs> and, um, and you're all fucked up. And so... Um, so I think we do need a rite of passage, but I don't even know, I don't know if it's a rite of passage that exists once in our lifetime. I think, I think we just got to do more of the hard things often. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean we shouldn't do yoga or meditate or um, sit down and throw away the phone for a week. Like, of course we should do those things, but like, at the end of the day, we're animals. Hmm. I, I love this um, visual. If you guys could think about this visual, you walk in your house, let's assume you have a dog or a cat, you walk in your house and your dog is watching Oprah and she uh, has her toenails painted. She's got her hair in her bun and she's smoking a cigarette. That'd be pretty weird, right? But somehow we are animals just like the dog and that's been accepted, yeah. right? We sit on the couch, we smoke a cigarette, we do these things. And we are so screwed up that like in the 1950s, we had commercials on TV that talked about how it was barbaric to breastfeed and that we should be giving kids powdered milk. Right. And then in the 60s and 70s, we had nine out of 10 doctors recommend Marlboro cigarettes on TV. Like, right, like we're so screwed up, um, but we're animals and animals don't need cigarettes and they don't need powdered milk and they don't need all these things. What they need is to breathe and run and sweat. I mean, think about it, right? Like if that dog was running around outside and killed a wild bird and got all muddy, like you'd say, oh, there's, there's my dog. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what the dog's supposed to be doing. <laughs> Have you had any, any tangible coming of age in your go around? You said that like, it's, it's, it's about, we got, feel free to ask questions. What's up? You want to text me the address? I will. As soon as I'm done with this awesome interview. All right, we're going to be, uh, text me though. Yeah, text me right all right, cool. Hand um, to dinner after this. Yes. You, you guys explain, are filming. Explain the coming of age um, question. Yeah. So having moments where you feel like, and I think I've heard you actually, upon listening to you and other ones, heard you kind of mention stories like this. You might not call it like a coming age, but those moments where you think you're at the end of your line, you, you, you think you're at the, you've pushed the boundary as far as you possibly can. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like right at that edge precipice of no more, you kind of push beyond that. You know, I think that we kind of grow up as like Nancy's, like we just, you go to high school, you sit on your ass all day, you try to get a B or whatever, you go to college, you sit on your ass, it, 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 there's never like a, yeah. we never get a thrust. Yeah, 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 the Nancy crushers. We need more Nancy crushers in our lives, right? And so like, 
That's what I'm, what I'm saying is I think we need them daily and weekly and monthly, not yeah. just like once. And so I've had a bunch of those. Um, the, the parents divorce, um, got in lots of trouble as a kid. I mean, I was really fortunate. In, in my first business, I, I started pre-teens. Mm. And um, I worked hard. And uh, I, I was not a Nancy. I mean, I worked hard to make this thing work. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know, like, you're out of money, you hire some people, they quit, they go to a competitor, your competitors steal your ideas. I mean, it's like all out warfare on a daily basis. So, and I had that at a young age. So um, I had lots of that. And then, and then physically, I got really lucky. I found these crazy adventure races. And mm. I remember I found myself in places where I'm 30 below, my eyelashes are, eyelashes are frozen. And uh, I don't want to take another step. Uh, I mean, it's like the worst possible situation you could think of. And I just want to lay down and die, literally. And then somehow you pick yourself up. And we would ration M&Ms. It would be like every hour you get one M&M, right? And um, it sounds terrible because we're used to an abundance of food. Right. Wasn't that bad? And that, and like, like, fine. And I'm like, more than most people have, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You work through it. So... I don't know. I mean, look, I'm, I'm looking out a lot. There's 10,000 people here on this course today, and this will be the hardest thing most of these people have ever done in their life, and it's three and a half miles. Yeah. And it's awesome that they did it, and it's hard, but um, let's get them out there doing 35 miles. Sure. And 350 miles, yeah. right? Because if you've, got, if you've got that change of frame of reference in your toolbox, well, then when the shit gets hard, and believe me, the shit's going to get hard for everybody, right? Somebody's got cancer, this one dies, like get fired from your job and by the way you're gonna die and i'm gonna die like that's really hard mm. and so if you don't have the uh, ability to reach into that toolbox and and remember those tough times that you got through how are you gonna deal with it like you have to practice adversity same way you practice yoga you practice um i practice all kinds of things in life but a lot of people don't practice the hard stuff you have to practice that yeah you gotta manufacture some adversity in your life Wanted to take a brief moment and thank Sun Warrior for supporting this podcast. They are, in my opinion, the most delicious vegan protein that I've found. Um, they are raw, sprouted, and fermented for increased bioavailability and general deliciousness. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that stuff. Grab yourself 15% off on any purchase at sunwarrior.com and then throw in the Align code at checkout and get yourself 15% off. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here we go. Back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing that I find vacant upon like working with clients and such is, is people coming in, we do this, you know, body work or movement stuff, whatever it may be. And then again, something we were talking about before, the only way I think any of that work that you do with anybody is relevant is if it spills into becoming who you are. Yes. You know, and so something like this, it's great. And we're getting or together and camaraderie and the, ah, you know, but like this needs to become not just encapsulate into your life, but it needs to, I think, become a part of you. I think I mean, for many of these people, it does, right? They get the Spartan tattoos. They start to um, literally weave it into the fabric of themselves. And I'm proud of that because it's not just a commercial brand. It's a um, ancient philosophy, yeah. right? It's steeped in stoicism. And, and it's not for everybody, but for those that do um, get it, it's a lot healthier than being hooked on Gucci or drinking or right. Like yeah. it's a good thing to, you know, 
It's a good religion. Yeah. I like it. Did you study building, like like Robert Greene writes a book called Mastery, like building cults? I didn't <laughs> you know. You build a cult. <laughs> but I didn't, I literally didn't know. I'm reading this stuff now. I have no idea. What, everything I could do wrong, we did wrong. Yeah. We started and had the first race in Vermont. Anybody that understands uh, business and building a brand would say you build rings from that location because you've already got some people interested in your product or service and you go a little further out and a little further out, 40 miles, 80 miles, 100 miles. Mm. I went from Vermont to New York to Montreal to Slovakia. I did, it's the worst possible way to try to grow a brand because I had no brand equity in any of those places, right? I hadn't built these rings. I, I did everything that you could do wrong in social media. Um, I changed the logo 22 times. I, I screwed the whole thing up. Um, but, but it's a hard brand to kill. It's been around for over 2,000 years. Yeah. And, um, and I'm authentic, right? I, I, it's not like we're pushing um, all kinds of unhealthy things and we're not just uh, electrocuting people because that's fun and makes a lot of noise. It's like we're trying to give people an athletic um, pursuit and and uh, everything we do, I try to do uh, authentically. You know, I don't know if it's Charlie Chaplin or Groucho Marx. Somebody said, "Here are my principles. If you don't like those, I have others." And um, I'm just trying. You know, we've always stayed on brand. Right. Right. Like we're hard, and and um, we fuck with you. Yeah. And we try to make you better. Do you in in stoicism? One of the things that I think that again maybe a part of this transition into being becoming nancy's is you know manifestation and everything being optimistic and all that and a big part of stoicism is is looking into the dark side of things and looking at like i am gonna die fuck i'm already dead right. you know? no, I, lo I love that i don't know if it's in the movie 300 but i love you know all the arrows are coming at them from the persians right there's like ten thousand arrows in the sky and, and so you can visualize you and I are part of the 300, yeah. right? And you see all these arrows coming, and I don't know who it is, turns to him and says, um, well, at least we'll fight in the shade today, right? <laughs> like, so we're completely fucked. Like, we're going to die here, but let's have some fun doing it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what the question was. You're I asking, don't know. But, no, but, 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 not a question. Yeah, but I think I, think, um, I am lucky uh, to that point in that almost everything that I face and I think this is different than what most people do, is I say it could be worse. Mm. And I literally visualize worse, right? Like, it could be raining. Because you're, run, you're running, you're 10 miles in, you're tired, it's sunny. Well, it could be raining. And then if it's raining, it's, well, it could be snowing. It's not, well, I could be in Siberia. And I literally just always take it to a place where it's like, well, I could be dead. And as long as you, as long as you set the bar at dead, everything is good. Right? Like, anything's better than dead. Yeah. Yeah. So you know Victor Frankel? You got to. I know Victor. I know the name. Oh, uh, man, search for meaning. It's your book. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'll get you the book. Yeah, give me the book. Yeah, oh, yeah. I will. It's yeah, absolutely. You you, you got to run out. My wife. That is my wife. Hold on. We should get her, get her on the speaker. Hey, phone. Nancy. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, do a little more, and and I'll I'll call you in ten minutes. All right, bye. Wow, how ironic. She's at the sandbag, Carrie. <laughs> um, oh, it's Carrie. 
Uh, Sandbag Carrie. She's Carrie. Sandbag Carrie, but Carrie. her name's Nancy. No, her name's Courtney. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't think it was Nancy. No, her name's Courtney. No, I no, think no. I would have chose a different term. No, no, I was, I was messing with you. I don't know what is. I don't know what my what my my question not question. Any? Are there any other types of? Uh, moments that you've had i listened to you on uh the barbell shrug podcast with yeah. with oh uh, i had a blast with those guys i love those Mike, guys yeah. yeah is there any other standout stories that that kind of do you feel like kind of like put some hair on your chest or like memorable experiences to kind of make you grow well i mean the, de the deer story which i i told on um on barbell shrug i don't know if you want to repeat it or not but that's like the craziest story ever in my life tell me the deer story so <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to Vermont and my wife is pregnant with our first child and we were doing a ton of construction work on the property and I need somebody to run a heavy piece of heavy machinery. My friend, because I was in construction growing up, my friend sends me four Slovakian guys who had just come in from Slovakia, really hard workers, good carpenters that are going to do most of the construction work for us to help us rebuild the farm. However, they can't operate heavy equipment. They can't operate a bulldozer, backhoe, excavator. So I'm searching relentlessly around Vermont for somebody to um, be reasonable with pricing and operate a heavy piece of heavy equipment. Anyway, I finally get this guy. Winter is approaching, and he, his name's Jeff, and he says, uh, yeah, I'll do it, but hunting season's coming up. I'm, you know, I, I hunt my whole life. This whole place shuts down, Vermont. We're all going hunting. And I said, listen, I need this done before snow. There's no hunting option. You're, you you got to work. take the job or don't. So reluctantly, he takes the job. Slovakians are doing their work. So um, in the back, uh, 40 uh, on the farm. I come home. My wife's like, my wife just gave birth. And I'm going to take her to dinner. It's the first time she's gotten out of the house since, since giving birth. And the guy, Jeff, who's been operating the piece of equipment reluctantly because he wanted to go hunting, comes up to me and he says, uh, and he's sweating profusely, he says, listen, I got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He says, I got to get out of here. I, I, I said, what's the problem? He said, well, I didn't tell you I'm a felon and I've been operating the piece of equipment in the backyard. I was doing my job like you asked me to, but you didn't let me go hunting and it was really bothering me. And I'm sitting there operating a piece of equipment and a deer came by and I couldn't help myself. I dove off the backhoe, I tackled it and I killed it with a handsaw. Jesus. Right? And so if that's true, I'm thinking my mind's playing the tape. If that's true, what's the problem? So the problem is I'm a felon and, and it's past hunting season and so I could get arrested so I gotta bury it in the backyard. So I said, dude, you're not burying a deer in my backyard. Put it in the backhoe bucket, lift it off the ground. I am sure there's somebody in town that has not gotten a deer and they'll want it. I gotta take my wife to dinner. Anyway, on the way to dinner, I call my mother-in-law who's watching the baby and I said, listen, um, can you give me the phone number for our neighbor? My neighbor lives like a mile away. I said, I'm going to call him up, see if he wants his deer. So I call him up. I forget his name right now, Dave. And, uh, hey, I got this deer. It's a long story. It's in the backhoe. It's in the bucket. Do you, yeah, I'll take it. I said, well, can you get it tonight? Because I'm thinking to myself, coyotes or whatever. Like, no, I'll get it in the morning. As long as it's in the backhoe, it's fine. Anyway, come home, great dinner. Go to bed, wake up. No deer in the backhoe. Dave must have got it. Everything's great. Tiny little town we live in, 400 people. I go to the general store that day for lunch, like I do every day, and I walk in, and um, Mike, the general manager of the general store, says, hey, do you want any venison today? I said, how do we have venison? He said, you never believe it. He goes, the Slovakians were getting done working on the back 40 last night, 7 o'clock like they usually do, and they're walking by your back and they found a deer. So they threw it on their shoulders, and they carried it to the general store, which is a mile and a half away. Nice. They gutted it. 
and they hung it in the freezer. So I said, do me a favor. Uh, no, I don't want any venison and never bring that up with anybody because now I'm thinking I'm going to get in trouble for, right? And the neighbor's going to say, where well, was a deer? I can't. I'll just say, I thought it was alive. It must have jumped out of the backhoe. So um, fast forward, it's Christmas time and I am stuck in New York. Snowstorm, I can't fly out. I call a black car driver and I said, look, I can't get a flight out. How much would you charge me to drive up to Vermont? He says, no problem, I got you. I'll drive through the snow. Gave me a price that was reasonable. I had used him on and off for like a decade when I worked on Wall Street. Five minutes from my house, after a five hour drive through the snow, he says to me, um, anywhere to get any venison, you know, any deer meat? And I said, I can't even believe you're asking me this. Go to the general store, go see Michael, he'll cut you a piece. I don't even get into the whole story with him. This is two weeks after that whole thing happened. So just approaching Christmas time. He's Turkish. Anyway, he leaves. Fast forward a week, we're getting very close to Christmas. The Slovakians surround me in my garage in Vermont and they're angry and they're talking in their language, they don't speak English. And they're coming at me and I have no idea why. I call my friend in New York who speaks their language and I said, hey, can you translate? I don't know what's going on here. And he says, they're really pissed off. Their holiday, their one, once a year holiday is coming up for Christmas, New Year's. They were planning on bringing the deer meat to New York and it's not in the general store anymore. So I call Michael and I said, Michael, where's the, the meat, their meat? He said, I don't understand. The Turkish driver showed up last week. You, you sent him over. He took the whole deer, stuffed it, stuffed it in his trunk, the frozen deer, and drove off with it. Mm. I said, motherfucker, this deer, it's like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> this thing never fucking ends. <laughs> So, um, so I get the number for the driver in New York. I give it to the Slovakians. I said, when you're in New York for your 10-day for vacation, go see this guy. He's got your deer. Fast forward six months. I never hear from it again, right? Slovakians come back. They're working. Everything's fine. Fast forward six months, and um, I'm in New York, and I need a driver, as I have over the last decade. And I call, and I ask for him, and they said, oh, he's no longer with us. So to this day... This is, this is like 10 years ago. I don't know if the Slovakians killed. What's the, the story with the guy? The have, you looked in, have you looked into, tried to figure never, it out? Never brought it up again. Jesus. Um, Hopefully he got like. Yeah, killed over a deer. I, I don't know, killed over a deer or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got lots of those, but that's, a, that's just a crazy one. I but mean. So my curiosity with that is like, you're, so storytelling is, that's how people identify with any type of brand or, you know, cultural phenomena or whatever it is. You know, so it's like, that's the really important component is to be able to, to convey via stories. Yeah. You know, is that something, and that's something, upon listening to that, I was like, oh, he's a storyteller. That's really cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, hopefully I don't end up in jail over that story. Right. <laughs> but, um, oh. So, so, um. Yeah, I mean, we tell it. We tell a good story. Um, I mean, this is an easy story to tell because um, I didn't create this brand. This brand was created in ancient Sparta, you know, Greece. Well, you're retell You're telling the story, though. You're okay. getting people excited about the story. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, what the hell else are we doing? Here? No, no, you're right. We're right. We, we, I tell the story, and and it's a story you get to experience. Yeah. Too right. It's not just like um, Gucci using them as the example could tell a story, but do you really experience? You, know, you hold that leather handbag. Does it? do like this this is different yeah right there's not a lot of products in you know maybe you get it in soul cycle kind of but not like this yeah this you're up against the wall there's a guy edward bernace have you ever heard of him before no. oh man there's another one and we'll wrap up here soon yeah. um but he was i think he's the nephew of uh, freud 
and he's known as the father of modern marketing. And the whole thing that he really cultivated was getting people to identify emotionally with brands. Wow. You know, so he was the person that was responsible for, said to be responsible for getting women to smoke cigarettes. Wow. They called him freedom torches. You know, so it was like a, it's like a phallus and right, a smoking, right, flaming right, phallus. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I think that that's something with something like a Spartan. It's like, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a badass. Uh, yeah, I want to, I want to be able to yeah. connect with Women, that part of man, myself. Yeah, kids. There's nobody that doesn't want to do this. I think if you asked anybody why they haven't, it's the uh, commitment. The um, we're asking them to delay gratification. We're asking them to be resilient. Right. We're, we're not selling cotton candy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, as you can see, as you ask me these experts' names, I don't know anybody. I probably could use a couple of experts around the table that know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably do better. Yeah. I lost money for 15 years. If I had one of those guys, I probably wouldn't, probably would have got here faster. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do this again sometime, man, and have yeah, a little yeah, no bit problem. more of like a, you know, I, I don't want to keep you from you. No, no, it's you fine. Got, I'm, got dinner um, to go do. Um, uh, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, you gotta, gotta go. go. Um, how do people learn more about you? Find out stuff. In you, the um, so the book, just Spartan to show, up yeah, well, I need an expert to tell me how to do this part uh, too. But um, I, what I usually do is, I, which this is really funny, is I just give out my email address. Perfect. <laughs> um, Joe at Spartan.com. You can shoot me an email, which is why I have that problem with the phone. But um, you could go to Spartan.com. You can go to Spartan up. I think it's Spartan up. I don't know how podcast to, how to podcast or something Spartan up podcast. And then, um, yeah, you can read the book. Um, you can come out and do a race. I, um, anybody out there that has an issue with money or whatever, they can't get, just shoot me an email. I, I give away a race, um, to folks. I never want like money to be, uh, the blocker to getting healthy and being, being better. That's cool, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you feel genuine when you say that too. Um, um, listen, I, I <laughs> wish, felt legit. yeah, I, I wish the government would, um, <laughs> just pay me to do this. And, and right. I could just like, if I could measure profitability and lives changed, like it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Doctors need to say the same thing. Doctors need to say the same thing. Yeah. There's, yeah. I believe there's countries where that's, that's, I, I, I don't know which ones exactly, but that's, that's the marker of their pay, how healthy their patients yeah. become. I like that. You know, so it's more like clients. You yes, know, so as opposed right. to, okay, these sick people, we need sick people to survive. Right. It's like, no, no, you're my client. Right. We're going to get you, we're going to get, get you well. Yeah. I only get paid if you get well. Right. Anyways. I mean, if I had my, if I was running a country, right, what I would do is, um, and I mean this sincerely is, uh, lights would be out at like 8 PM. Yeah. Uh, we'd get everybody up at 5 AM. We would do a work, mandatory workout speakers everywhere. Like just wake the whole place up <laughs> and then just get rid of all the un unhealthy stuff. I don't even understand why would we even sell that stuff? Like people say, well, we need freedom or this or that, but like, no, is that really freedom? Because you're going to end up trapped in a hospital. So I don't, I don't understand how free you are eating and drinking shit. Yeah. So another conversation. Yeah. All Thanks, right, cool. man. You're awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Likewise. Really appreciate the time. Right, bye. Boom. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to support what we are doing and you are digging it, um, one thing you can do is you can jump onto aligntherapy.com and grab yourself an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band and a door anchor and um, comes with an instructional video guide and break down decompression of those joints, self-care stuff, exercise stuff. It's great. Um, some free things that you guys can do, one of which would be, as we mentioned, utilizing the Amazon affiliate link. Top hand, right-hand corner of 
of the podcast page and uh, just bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase crap on Amazon, we get about six or seven percent of that. Costs you nothing. And um, also, you could jump on to audibletrial.com slash align to get yourself a free audible audio book and a free month subscription. Costs you absolutely nothing and kicks us down some, some scratch. Um, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your support and uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in. Wouldn't be possible without you and look forward to seeing you next week.